Nosebleeds. Okay, doctors call nosebleeds epistaxis. I've mentioned before that doctors like fancy names for things, and I guess it just sounds smarter to use a Latin or Greek word. It's especially good at parties, not that I ever do that. Nosebleeds are scary because they often involve a lot of blood. The good news is that they're almost never a real threat to a person's life. Still, it's hard not to panic when either you or your child puts out enough blood that it makes a scene that makes you think of a horror movie. Despite all that blood, only about 10% of nosebleeds are brought to the doctor or emergency room. The rest of them just scare people and necessitate the use of lots of OxyClean. The nose can bleed from two main sources, the front or anterior portion and the back or posterior portion. Anterior nosebleeds are by far the most common and almost always get better without much medical intervention. Posterior nosebleeds, on the other hand, can be quite serious, but thankfully they're relatively rare. Anterior nosebleeds originate from a bundle of blood vessels known as Kesselbach's plexus. You can find Kesselbach's plexus by inserting your finger into your nostril in a way that points vertically. I don't recommend doing this in public, although I have seen many people checking Kesselbach's plexus while stopped at a stoplight in a car. To point out where posterior nosebleeds occurs would take a very long finger. I don't recommend trying this as extraction of the finger requires medical procedures requiring plungers, jaws of life, and other embarrassing interventions. So what causes nosebleeds? One of the most common causes is the inspection of Kesselbach's plexus by the finger. The good news is that a simple inspection of the offending nostril by the doctor will show fingerprints of the culprit. Other causes of nosebleeds include inflammation of the mucous membranes that is usually caused by allergies or possibly by an upper respiratory infection, and then dryness of the mucous membranes, Decongestant medications and a dry environment can make the inside of the nose dry and make them prone to bleed. Foreign substances, such as peas, Cheerios, cocaine, and even steroid nasal sprays can make the nose bleed. And finally, trauma. Yes, being punched in the nose can make it bleed. You probably didn't need a doctor to tell you that one. So what about clotting disorders or high blood pressure? A person with a clotting disorder may have an increased risk of nosebleeds. But people with nosebleeds don't have to be evaluated for clotting disorders unless they get them a whole lot. As for blood pressure, there isn't much evidence that high blood pressure makes the nosebleed more than normal. But some experts seem to think that it may prolong the bleeding. So what should you do about nosebleeds? Well, tip number one, don't panic. Despite the horror movie appearance of the scene, nosebleeds are rarely a dangerous thing. Tip number two, blow your nose. Now, this doesn't seem to make sense, but often the presence of clots in the nose prolong the bleeding. Blowing out the clots won't make the nose bleed more, but less. Trust me on this one. 
Tip number three, use a decongestant nasal spray. If you have neosinephrine or afrin nasal spray, a spray of that will cause the blood vessels to shrink and stop bleeding. Tip number four, hold the nose. Pinch the nose just above the tip for 10 minutes continuously without peaking. You've got to do it continuously. And tip number five, insert cotton and apply ice to the bridge of the nose. If the other measures fail, this can slow things down. Now, when should you worry about a nosebleed? You should seek medical attention under the following circumstances. First, if the above measures don't work. Second, if the nosebleeds recur, you get lots of them. Third, if you have a blood clotting disorder or on medications that thin the blood, such as Coumadin or even daily aspirin can do this. And fourth, if the nosebleed is caused by trauma and the bleeding doesn't stop or you suspect you have a broken nose, you should get seen. Some people who are prone to anterior nosebleeds require a minor procedure to cauterize Kesselbach's plexus. Posterior nosebleeds are a very serious problem that require hospitalization and even surgical intervention, but it's hard to tell anterior from posterior nosebleeds other than the fact that the above procedures to stop the nose from bleeding don't work real well on posterior bleeds. As always, when in doubt, get it checked out by your doctor. And try to keep your fingers off of Kesselbach's plexus. If you have topics you want me to cover, send them to housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com. You can also submit them to me at Twitter or just follow me on Twitter at housecalldoc and visit my Facebook page. And don't forget about my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind at distractible.org. Let me once again remind you that this podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the one you should always consult about your own medical condition. Catch you next time. Stay healthy. Thank you.